Okay, there it is. Ask the podcast coach for November 4th, 2017. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It is Saturday morning. And we can quit throwing in, like, it's not Podtober anymore. I guess we could say it's Podvember. But I hated the whole Rocktober and all that. I'm glad all that weird pumpkin stuff is over. This is where you can come to get your podcast questions answered live. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the theschoolofpodcasting.com. Jim is out on assignment. Joining me from the Yellow Studio. Why is it the Yellow Studio? you got to answer that, too. The one and only Randy Cantrell from... Uh, well, you got so many shows. you got uh, Leaning Towards Wisdom. And then you oh, you changed the name on the other one. It's now... Yeah, it's, at, it's at Grow Great. GrowGreat.com there you is go. the website. And uh, Yeah, so many shows, so little content. <laughs> no, it's good content. <laughs> I always say, if you want to get your head on straight, you go see my buddy Randy. Um, it, I always love your shows, man. They always make me think. And to me, again, if you can make me laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain, and uh, Randy mixes in uh, some cool music and gets you thinking, and um, it's a good show, man. I love them. Thanks for the invite. Glad to be here, since I'm usually in the audience anyway. That's why I was like, hey, this guy's here anyway. Let's just drag him on in. So why is it, you always say, from the yellow studio? Uh, the walls are uh, the walls are yellow. Ah. Let's see if I can do this. Hold tight if I make you dizzy. You see the walls? There we go. Walls are yellow. Got game day on. Excellent. Got, uh, got my Ballard Street cartoons. The walls are mustard yellow. So... Sorry to make you dizzy. That's all right. Make you, make you want to vomit and throw up. That answers the question. That is the reason. Why is it the yellow studio? Because it's, well, the it's yellow, yellow studio. If Captain you, Obvious. <laughs> if, you, uh, <laughs> if you have a question, you can chime on in today. Uh, simply go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. And I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to cheat. I'm speaking next weekend at uh, DC PodFest. And I have my list of my answers, but uh, I thought I would throw this out to the uh, chat room. And that is, what do you think are the most common podcasting mistakes? So if so, somebody said, hey, is your podcasting making these mistakes? What would you go? Mm, nope, I'm not making that one or that one and this one. Randy, you got any off the top of your is, head? Is this the topic? Is this the main topic? Is this just part of the presentation? I mean, is this? It is the main. This is, that's it. Okay. That's this the main. the thrust of it all. The, the thrust of it all. I got a couple ones in my head. I've got a cool, I'm going to play a lovely illegal Dana Carvey clip to start off the presentation that I have Good. absolutely no access to or rights or anything like that. So I'm just going to blow it open and go, hey, let's look at some illegal video, shall we? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't care. <laughs> uh but podcast it, mistakes yeah. oh man so many there are so many that you can make it's kind of like golf or bowling you know what i mean you twist your wrist just a little bit and it's often in the weeds buddy it's uh yeah. Yeah, so. just publishing a post without attaching the mp3 file does that count as a podcasting mistake that counts um i did one which is great on the podcast review show and this is where haste make what it's it's one of those things i always now except for these last two times I almost always listen to my episode from start to end, usually in earbud, so I can hear what it's going to sound like to my audience. And uh, I didn't because I was in a hurry. We got done with that episode literally somewhere around midnight. It was uh, my co-host is on the West Coast, so we started real late. And I posted it, and everything was out. And uh, I had twenty minutes of silence at the end of it, and then the the ending played again. And I was like, "Oh, you got to be because that one you can see. You don't even have to listen. Just yeah, open right. up the file and look at it." And I was like, ah, oh. so uh, that was uh, that was one that I was like, oh, that's that that's uh, especially when you're reviewing other people's shows, you're just giving them a giant target to fire right back and go, well, I liked your show, except for the 20 minutes of blank space at the end of it. So, um, yeah, it's amazing what people will jump on. Yeah. So but uh, so if you have any uh, if you guys want to chime in on the chat room, common podcasting mistakes, we can uh, we'll be hitting that all during the day here as we uh, go through. Then we also got an interesting question uh, that we could uh, I'll figure we'll, we'll tackle two at the same time here. We'll just, so if you have something to go, Hey, let's go back to the thing. We'll just tag team both these to that. But uh, this came from Rhonda and this was, uh, this is an interesting question. Hi Dave. This is Rhonda or, 
from the Rhonda Orr show about bullying, life, and stuff. I am helping my husband, Scott Orr, with his Code 3 uh, podcast about firefighting. And I'm trying to sell time for someone to uh, be able to advertise their products and to be able to have an interview with um, Scott, a 10-minute interview. So we have this all formatted, and I was wondering if you know of anyone else who does something like this, and how do they do it? Or, in fact, do you do uh, advertising where you sell, um, mostly to small businesses, the opportunity to come on to your show and advertise their product, but, you know, talk about a topic for 10 minutes with Scott and then advertise the rest of uh, that particular business for X amount of dollars. So if you could give me a call back, and again, this is Rhonda Orr with the Rhonda Orr Show about bullying, life, and stuff, calling about Scott Orr and Code 3, advertising time. So that was Scott. The sound of Scott almost wetting his pants because she actually gave me her phone number and I bleeped it out there. So that was Scott going, oh my God, he's going to play your phone number. Um, so there are a couple things here. I've never heard of the, have you heard of anybody, I guess if you're a big shot smarty pants, you might get paid to be interviewed. I don't know that. I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know either. I mean, there are, there are businesses. I mean, I'm thinking of... Um, I'm thinking of some some review there review publications mm-hmm. uh, years and years ago when I when I first hit Dallas uh, to run a company there was a, a a lady that had an some little some little review kind of a kind of a magazine mm-hmm. but unbeknownst to the public they were all paid yeah so you paid to be in it and that kind of sounds like her business model I mean that's what I what I thought of I mean it's it's not so much paying to interview her husband, but paying to be on their show so you can contribute something and hawk your stuff. Ten minutes. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's wouldn't be what I would do, but power to them. It's yeah. a great thing about the space. Do what you want, and if it works, <laughs> great, and if it doesn't, morph. Try something else. That's what but. Daniel says. He says, uh, I think I have a new response to when an irrelevant person wants to be a guest on the Audacity to podcast. I'll tell them I charge $10,000. <laughs> and I think it's buy one, get one free with, yeah. uh, with that. So um, I actually went out because one of the problems and I've never. It's like heard, a paid appearance. Yeah. And so I actually went out and I the the government agency that kind of tracks this. And if you're listening to this later than November 4th, it's at askthepodcastcoach.com slash FTC guide. And you get in, you can get into hot water. Now, I've never heard of anybody besides some super big internet marketers doing this, you have to be careful bringing on a guest that paid to be there if the audience doesn't know they paid to be there. Uh, It says here, if there's a connection between an endorser and the marketer that that consumers would not expect and it would affect how consumers evaluate the endorsement, that connection should be disclosed. So it says, for an example, if an ad features an endorser who's a relative or an employee of the marketer and the ad is misleading unless the connection is made clear. The same is usually true if the endorser has been paid or given something of value to tout the product. Uh, The reason is obvious. Uh, Knowing about that connection is important information for anyone evaluating the endorsement. So this is where you'll hear me say things like, I'll I'll talk about Libsyn and I always go, I I feel I have to say, um, oh, by the way, I work for them just so people know. The one thing I don't do enough when I think about it is if I say use the coupon code SOP free to get a free month, I usually don't say, oh, by the way, that's my that's my affiliate coupon. I get a chunk of change if you use that. I don't think I disclose that enough. It's your product, though. Right? Yeah, it is, in a way. That's true. Um, it and, says, and Scott says worth mentioning, Scott Orr says right. worth mentioning in the chat, that the interview would not be the only content in the show. Yeah. Does that FTC rule apply to podcasting or just broadcasting? It applies to marketing in yeah. general. 
Yeah, I I knew there was a there was a thing. <clears throat> Doctor Oz and Oprah have this effect. Um, there is a berry that nobody can pronounce. It's like acacia, or it's these little purple things. And Doctor Oz said they were superfood. And I think Oprah said something about them. And so literally hundreds, if probably not thousands, of affiliate websites went up saying, you know, hey, Dr. Oz said these are great and blah, 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 blah. And they're just nothing but affiliate links. And they kind of went after these people because they really, number one, um, they weren't really positive that Dr. Oz was, uh, even Dr. Oz at times uh, gets kind of like, he does the same thing. Yeah. So you have it's to- caught up in it. Yeah. Um, and it says, uh, here's another example. So say you're planning a vacation, you do some research and you find a glowing review on someone's blog that a particular resort is the most luxurious place he's ever stayed. If you knew that hotel had paid the blogger hundreds of dollars to say great things about it, or that blogger had stayed there for uh, several days for free, it could affect how much weight you give the blogger's endorsement. The blogger should therefore let his readers know about that relationship. So that's... I know uh, Daniel, who's in the chat room uh, from the Audacity to Podcast, he does a lot of product reviews, and he's always very upfront about, hey, I didn't, you know, they paid me, or they're not paying him. That's his point. They're not paying me, but they did send me this. They supplied uh, the product. For free, and I'm not keeping it, or things like that. He's always letting it out. No. Um, So that's one of those things you just have. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody besides these like super marketers that were going crazy on that um, of anybody being like getting a takedown notice or some sort of smack on the hand with that. Um, but it, it sounds like you have to, uh, to know that. And then in terms of advertising, heck yeah, I've um, I don't know if I've ever had, I've had people ask to come on and promote a product that the only time I would do that is if the product would match my audience and the thing with that is I don't want it to be a giant commercial. To me, that's, I, I've, uh, what's the, I think the buzz phrase, it's an, um, it's not an advert, it's not an editorial, it's an advertorial, which right. again is the joy of people. People love to combine words together. And um, I don't know. Yeah, to I, me, that's the elephant in the room you know, that I would say to Scott is, are you, you know, is that really in the, is that the best service to your audience? Yeah. Cause that's. I would question that. Yeah, you got to be personally. Yeah, because you got to be careful. If somebody goes, "Hey, you know, I'll pay you a couple hundred bucks if I can come on your show." The first thing, because I always say, you're like you're the goalie between you and your audience is the net. You know, if somebody's trying to put crappy content on your show, you're the one that's got to smack that away. And so, uh, if they, <laughs> if they, um, you know, they're trying to send something that you know, I, I have a lot of people now. I um, I got tired of checking multiple emails. Because I had one for my Logical Weight Loss podcast. And I finally just said, hey, here, use my school of podcasting one. Um, I'm tired of checking multiple accounts. Right. And I get a ton of stuff, it turns out, for the Logical Weight Loss podcast of people. And they, they have no, they, obviously, they haven't listened to the show. Right. And it's all just, you know, hey, I want to come on and Dr. So-and-so is the, you know, best thing. Since I want to hawk my stuff. I want to hawk my stuff. Is there, I would almost love an honest, like, title. I'd love to hawk my stuff on your show. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to, yeah. Well, somebody should start a podcast where that's the business model. Yeah. You just let people pay a amount of money to come and hawk their stuff. Well, I don't I know, know how you'd get an audience, but. That's the thing. Because in the end, if the content isn't relevant to your audience, they're not going to stick around. You're not going to grow an audience. And in terms of how much to charge, I love the Jessica Kupferman from uh, JKM Agency approach. She's like, well, would you take... Um, you know, $30 an episode. And some people are like, nah, I don't know. I was kind of hoping for, for more than that. All right. Wh- what about 70? Mm, I don't know. My audience isn't that big. Well, all right. What about 50? Yeah, I think, fi- okay, there you right. go. It's $50. It is. It's That's just, right. you know, how much will you take before you can't sleep? Uh, and then is it a matter of, you know, will they pay that? The, um, if you, if you watch Shark Tank, the, uh, the buzz phrase that you might want to throw out there is what's your customer acquisition cost? So how long does it take you? How much do you have to spend to get a customer? Um, because depending on who you talk to, I always hear, uh, Randy, I know you do a lot in, in working with business people. Negotiations, I always hear the person that throws out the first number loses. Is that? Yeah. Correct? Yeah. You, you probably don't want to be that guy unless you're the, well, I mean, 
Yeah. There are exceptions. <laughs> yeah. If you're the power broker at the table, you can name any number you want. The <laughs> other guy's just, well, okay. Yeah. That's usually the guy that's going to lowball it, but yeah. So if you, yeah, have, I mean, if you ask what your, what does it cost to get you a customer? At least then you have an idea of what they're used to. And then if you can kind of come in slightly undercut that, come up with a deal, things like that. Uh, yeah. And you're really messed up if you don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. Then you really show your underwear in front of the whole world. Yeah. I forget which podcast I was listening to, but they interviewed somebody and they gave them like their first campaign, which is like three months free. And they, but they had a way that the person could like, it was, you know, ask the podcast com slash company. And then that sent you off to the company so they could see traffic was coming from me. And there might've been a coupon or something they used to prove that that came from me. So that way at the end of three months, they're like, would you like to resubscribe? And they're like, well, yeah, we can see where you're sending us traffic and people are converting. They're like, great. Here's the amount of money, you know, and, and that uh, it was a way of working with the, the advertiser. And you can do that with, um, if you're like, well, yeah, I don't have any sponsors. There are so many, there's share a sale. There's, um, share sale.com is, they just redid their, um, their interface. It's actually a much better site than it used to be where commission junction, which is at cj.com. All these are places that you can go to with literally thousands of products. Uh, many that you, you know, probably know. And that's the key for me is, is find something that fits your product and hopefully something you use. Like I, I have a Fitbit. I I've used Fitbits for years. And so on the logical weight loss podcast, I talk about Fitbits on occasion. Um, and if somebody signs up, I make nine bucks and there are times when that nine bucks adds up. And, um, I do that because I can talk about it personally. I can say how much I like it. And Oh, by the way, if you go to logicalloss.com slash Fitbit, yada, 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 they sign up. So you, you want to make sure it's relevant to your audience. And then what I can do then is I can look at that stat then and see how many people use that special link, how many people converting, and then I can kind of see how engaged the audience is. So if a you know, potential sponsor does contact me, I can give them some, some feedback and say, yes, I, I can guarantee X amount of clicks and things like that. You just have to make sure that it fits your audience. That uh, yeah, I would I would challenge Scott to uh, you know to think about not just that, but but you know is that the I mean I'm curious what are the business models maybe they they've they've looked at or examined that one just and that would seem unwieldy to me to just manage and line up and you know is it going to be a one off I mean they're going to come on one show you're not going to be able to have somebody repeated. You know, yeah. I'm personally not a big fan of the one off. If you get a sponsor and that sponsor, you have them for like six months, that's a whole different deal than if you've got somebody who's coming and appearing on your show, you can, only, you can really only kind of do that one off. So boy, now you're having to, you're having to sell, 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 sell. Yeah. That's I it. wouldn't like it as a sales guy, just from that vantage point, <laughs> you know, I would rather sell it once and then have it have some some extended life beyond just one episode, but, and it was a firefighter. Yeah. I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with it. It's code three is the, it's a show about firefighting. And that was one of my things. If I remember right, Scott, throw your uh, website in the, I think it's code three. Yeah. Code the number three podcast.com. I see him in my history here. And so it's a, um, chosen one of the 10 best fire podcasts for firefighters, by fire rescue. So it's a a podcast for firefighters by firefighters. And so that would be something where I don't know if there is a, if there's a company that makes, you know, protective gear or oxygen masks or, you know, what, whatever it is. Those guys guys aren't going to buy that stuff on their own. That's true. Um, so that's where it's a, a matter of knowing your audience. Yeah, because if you think about it, that's the city's going to buy that stuff. You're yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Well, and the two of us are super experts at fire firefighter yeah. consumerism <laughs> or whatever it would be. <laughs> have no clue. Yeah, no clue. What, if it was a local show, you could find out where the bar is where they go after work. <laughs> that would work. Right. I know that they, I know they eat really well. I've got a a couple of young men in my life who are firefighters and they eat terrifically well. (laughs) Maybe that's it. Maybe you start hawking, you know, 
protein shakes or something. <laughs> oh, listen, I, I, I make fun, but come on. I mean, we greatly respect the work that they do. I yeah. mean, it's, it's usually valuable, but they do have some pretty sweet recliners too. I've, <laughs> I've seen the firehouse, sweet kitchens and sweet recliners. That's it. Yeah. I have a friend of mine actually that's uh he's a EMT and a firefighter and I don't know if I see a house on fire, I'm running out of it. Not, not into it. So yeah. I, I yeah, there's that. deeply appreciate all they do. So it would be a matter of, um, you might ask your audience, you know, do uh, you can go out to uh, Google, hmm, is it forms? Let's see here, forms.google.com, I think is the survey says. Yes, forms.google.com. You can use SurveyMonkey. SurveyMonkey is free as well. SurveyMonkey only allows you to have up to 100 responses. Now, for the record, getting 100 responses is awesome. You may never even come close to that. But forms.google.com, you can make your own little survey. And one of those questions could be, you know, what was the last product you bought? You know, or what do you plan on buying in the future? And see if any of those, you know, if you see any commonalities in your audience, there might be something like, wow, I didn't realize they all used, you know, whatever. um, Yeah. Some sort of. um, Scott's in the chat. Scott, have you been approached? Are people approaching you to be on the show to. I mean, I'm curious what kind of a people would be approaching, you know, because that would obviously drive. I mean, you know, if people are knocking on your door to do something, okay. Yeah. That kind of changes things. Yeah. The, it may not change it as far as you want to put them in front of your audience, but it certainly it certainly can kind of help on the sales side. If, you, if people are already soliciting to be on your show because they've got some fit or they think it's a fit, doesn't mean it is, to your point. Yeah, that's... And the as for getting paid to be on other people's shows, that's again, that's up to you because it really comes back to kind of why, why are you podcasting? I would say you need to know the why first. And if the idea is to, to generate some revenue, you're either going to sell your stuff, you're going to sell other people's stuff via affiliate links. Um, there are speaking gigs that you can get. Some of them are paid. Most of the ones I do are not. Um, I get paid a lot in exposure. Um, which works for me because my exposure will lead them back to my website where I have something for them to buy. So I, I don't mind exposure because that, you know, the, the fun marketing term is it's a sales funnel. That exposure leads them back to my website where they can then buy something at the School of Podcasting. But if you don't have something, you know, again, if you don't have your own product, then it's a matter of the third option, which of course is Patreon or some sort of donate button or membership site or something like that. So those are really the the big, you're selling your stuff, other people's stuff, uh, donations or, you know, exposure, free stuff. On occasion, you can get free stuff. Uh, I have um, this little gizmo, the uh, Simply Sound Company sent me this little, uh, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, that gives you... Um, an amount, an, an insane amount of uh, clean gain, you know, and they just sent it to me. said, would you review this? And I said, I reserve the right to say it stinks. They're like, nope, that's fine. Go ahead. And it doesn't stink. And I got to keep it. So, you know, now I can't take this to Giant Eagle and order some chicken and salad and, you know, milk, bread. They will not barter with that. But uh, that's another way. Um, do you find in a comment of the common podcast mistakes, do you find... What are, what are the common podcast mistakes that you see when it comes to monetization? You monetize your audience. That's the key. I think everybody forgets that. You monetize your audience. And and more importantly, the relationship you have with your audience. And so when people start off, like I started off, I'm on episode four, and I want to start selling ads. And I'm like, okay, you, you're getting 27 downloads an episode. You're missing the key ingredients here, which is, an audience because only about, you know, if you're doing phenomenal 3% of your audience and it depends again on the product is going to buy that product. So 3% of, of 27 is he said, pulling up a calculator. It's not much. It's like a half a person. It's a 0.81% of a person. And if you make $10 a sale, that 0.81% of a person just made you 10 bucks. Okay, great. You got a tank of gas. If you're lucky, you're driving a Prius, um, and that's where it gets a little little tough. And then the other one, my, my biggest one, my Dana Carvey clip. Um, so do you remember the Dana Carvey show by any chance? Absolutely. Do you really? 
Because it was only on for eight episodes. And it had Dana Carvey. Now, if you're not familiar with Dana Carvey, he was on Saturday Night Live. He was the church lady, Hans and Franz, um, super popular, super funny guy. And the head writer was this comedian named Louis C.K., who's now one of the top comedians. Steve uh, Carell, who's, you know, was famous for The Daily Show and all the movies he's done. Uh, I think he's Academy Award nominated. I don't know if he's won one yet. Um, and uh, Stephen Colbert. So you have all those guys on that show. And then um, I forget the guy. One of the head writers from Saturday Night Live was uh, behind the scenes. And they were on after Home Improvement, which had like 20 million people watching right. that. So that is the key to success, except for one thing. They didn't know who their audience was. And they're doing all this wacky. So if you see me in DC Podfest, you'll you'll hear this again. But they did all this wacky stuff where they right. did the opening skit where Dana Carvey's uh, President Clinton and he's 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 got he's like a, a pig with teats and he's milking kittens and dogs and things like it, wacky way Up out of the, the you know, yeah and they it's on hulu it's a, a documentary and they said they did something that no other show had done they said they, they got about six million people to get off the couch and change the channel yeah. and so they didn't know their audience so to me that's the the big one classic was, case of you probably don't want to do something that no one else is doing necessarily <laughs> You know it may what? not be a good thing. I, I have people do that. I see that all the time working for Libsyn where somebody's like, oh, well, I'm I'm using FeedBurner, but my feed is through this other program and my files are actually on Dropbox. And I'm like, you know, that's that's a you know. So if you're if you're coming up with a brand new recipe to create your podcast, that may not be, you know, and that's yeah, what the recipe is going to suck. Yeah. Well, what happens then? Because you're doing something so outside the box that when it comes to when you finally figure out that this isn't going to work and I probably shouldn't have done it, getting it to, you know, somehow transfer over to a, a quote, real media host is a nightmare. You know, I, the people that uh, in a world of uh, this, is, this would be another mistake in, in the world of Netflix and Hulu. And I want to listen to what I want to listen when I want to listen on what I want to listen. Um people will will create multiple shows and put them on one RSS feed. And I'm like, so you're, you're assuming your audience just loves everything you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, it's easy for them. I go, it's easy for them to get them all. It's kind of hard for them to weed out the stuff they don't want. So if they, maybe they like the first two shows, you're doing three, but that third one is just like, not for them. Now, every time they have to go, ugh, delete, you know, about the sixth time they're like, okay, I'm tired of this. Uh, they may just go for the button that says unsubscribe. So, and that's another one that's a major headache to try to dig yourself out of because there's no way that you can say, Hey, here's my RSS feed, but I only want this show. No way to automate that. You got, you got to manually upload those bad boys. So do you find, do you find, are there, are there the big looming mistakes, more technical or more not technical, more more content. It's about fifty fifty because you you get into things like that. Um, people do things with their RSS feed, and they don't know what it is. And and this doesn't mean you have to be able to code your own, but just realize that that is your your syndication. Like Miss Eileen said earlier, one of the mistakes is people go, "Yeah, I, I'm trying to upload my show to iTunes." Well, you don't. iTunes right. is a mirror of what's in your feed. So if it's in your feed it should go to to iTunes. So I think a lot of people don't understand just that basic analogy of this is, you know, I use the analogy of radio where, you know, you have your signal at 100.7. It goes out to an RCA, a Panasonic and a, you know, whatever radio with podcasting, you have your RSS feed that goes out to the podcast app and overcast and stitcher and all those things. And there, I think there are people that, that don't get that concept. And it just, to me, when I first started driving, my dad showed me how to change a car. She changed a car, change a tire. Yeah, I, I wish I could have changed a car. I had a crappy yeah. 1974 Dodge Dart. Uh, I would have loved to change the car uh, <laughs> that I bought for 300 bucks. Yeah. yeah uh, can't beat the price. That's it. So I how to change a tire, how to add oil, how to add the uh, washer fluid, you know. Yeah. You have to carry a case of oil in the back. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And uh, so... You know, those kind of, so I, I don't think you have to learn how to, you know, like I said, hand code, but at least understand the process of syndication sometimes would, uh, and what with that, the mom- 
with the momentum and podcasting with it, with it kind of, you know, it can, you know, we've seen these spikes before. And with this spike, are you, is, is there some looming mistake that you're seeing with the advent of increasingly more new podcasters coming online? What I'm seeing, and it's not, it's not a horrible thing, but originally it was the geeks, right? The geeks jumped on yeah. board. So you had the, the, this week in tech people and things of that nature. And, and then you had other people and, I'm going to say something that's very stereotypical and I'm going to paint with a wide brush because I realize there are a lot of people don't meet this. They don't meet this criteria, but in some cases it it appears that people that are still using an AOL.com address may not be super knowledgeable in the realm of computers. No, they're not knowledgeable. There's no may to it. Yeah. And so those people are now starting a podcast. And so, you get questions like, um, it, this isn't working on my website. And and there are weird things right. in tech support that mean multiple things. Website. Okay, do you mean the Libsyn podcast page or do you have your own website? Or, um, you know, and so I had somebody this week that was having all sorts of problems with her WordPress site. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. And I can kind of give you a little bit of information, but I'm here to support lips and stuff. Right. And that's a WordPress thing. And, you know, and then you well, go just defining the terms can be daunting. I would think. Yeah. With some people. Yeah. And that's, that's where you get into the things like I just uploaded a file to iTunes and it's not there. Well, no, you didn't upload a file to iTunes. You uploaded a file to your media host and it takes 24 hours for yep. it to show up in your listing. But if you subscribe to your own show, and you see it, then you're cool. So it's it's just that's well a your show with their, your show with your show your podcast review show. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I realize that some of these people are they're all over the board. Some of these people are experienced and they've got a number of episodes out, and other people don't have very many episodes out. I mean, what are what are some common stuff that you guys see over there? The the one that I see because uh, I do we do a couple. Uh, I do the podcast rodeo show, which is just me looking at the first couple minutes of your show, and. My favorite is where I hear talk that is not bad talk. Like today, before we started, I let you know, hey, we're going to talk about probably podcasting mistakes. Uh, We'll talk about this one question that we got uh, about Scott's show. And that's kind of where we're headed. And then whatever the chat room wants to talk about. So I gave you an idea of where we're going. Right. That's not in the finished product. So I've had people that are like, are we going to do the usual thing? Well, I don't know. I thought you said you wanted to talk about that, that Times article. Oh, we could do that. I don't know. I thought, well, what about the thing? And they're lit, like, this is how they start their show. Right. But they do it live in front of all of us. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, and yeah. it's not a bad conversation to have. Just cut it out. You know, um, even um, so like last week, it was hard to find something wrong. Uh, Harry Duran from Podcast Junkies yep. um, does Good a show. Show. And at the very, he did this cool introduction of Gary Leland. And he's like, Gary, thanks for coming on the show. And Gary's like, pleasure to be here. I'm glad we finally made this happen. It was kind of hard to get our schedules to do, yada, yada, yada. And they did like, I don't know, 40 seconds of like, it was kind of a pain in the butt to get our schedules to mesh. And then Harry asked a great question, got him into to Gary land. And I'm like, you know, you could have cut out that 40 seconds because literally that was like the first thing out of Gary's mouth. And I'm like, right. that didn't bring any value to your your uh, your audience. So for me, I think I'm a big fan of editing um, or planning your show because it's a seesaw. The more planning you do, the less editing you have to do. The less planning you do, the more editing you're going to have to do. And you got to do one or the other because otherwise it gets uh, kind of... Well, it's that old Fram oil filter commercial, pay me now or pay me later. (laughs) Exactly. And then if you do have something to promote, you have to... I'm horrible at these, by the way, the call to action, because I'm the person that's like, hey, if you want to do this, go over here. If you want to do that, (laughs) just do that. Or you could do this. And by that time, they're like, wait, I need to get something to write this down. Which one is it? And yeah. so I give 37 calls to action. And it's easier to do none of them. Yeah. And so, you know, there are things you can do, like schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact has all my contact information as opposed to follow me on Facebook, you know, right. blah, 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 Twitter. Here's my email. And just give them one thing to listen to. So that's another one. Um, and, but usually what we see are just, we haven't really had, we've had one really bad show that I forget what it was. I just remember her logo was this weird, I like polar bear. And it just, I mean, she was just all over the place and it was either great because we didn't understand the content and, and it was just way over our heads, 
but both of us were like, I have no idea what she's talking about. And she didn't explain it. And so that was the whole point. It's like, and it was kind of a, an out there topic. And I'm like, okay, not everybody's going to know this. So you kind of have to bring the new listener along unless that's not your target audience. But most of the time it's um, it just, you know, to, to me, there's a great book that whose title, of course, I can't remember at the moment. Um, it's a friend of Michael Hyatt's. Um, I will find that as we speak. Um, but he talks about how most, like if you're doing a segment, um, and this is what you do really good, Randy, you have like a theme for your show and then everything for that show reinforces whatever that theme is, whether you're talking about getting rid of head trash or, or, right. um, you know, and I see some people, yeah, I try to have at least one elephant in the room yeah. at all times, but. And so uh, I'll carry him over in a corner and maybe not pull him out till later, but <laughs> he's there. <laughs> yeah. Secrets of dynamic communications, uh, prepare, yeah, yeah. prepare with focus, deliver and clarity. Uh, and it's, he talks about it. Uh, Ken something. He's still clicking here. He talks about how every yeah, presentation, Ken Davis, who's a friend That's of uh, Michael. Davis. And uh, yep. he says he that, helps run Michael's speaking. Yeah. Seminar thing. And so, what he says is every speech should be able to be boiled down to one sentence. Yep. And so, and then every point reinforces that thing. And so for me, I do multiple segments on the school of podcasting, but I try to like, okay, in this segment, I'm going to talk about, you know, common podcasting mistakes or whatever. So, okay, everything here should be a common podcast mistake. And then everything should say, explain why I think that's a mistake and then keep it to that. Cause you can, you know, everything can always go on to another tangent and another tangent. And all of a sudden you look up right. and you're 10 miles away from what the heck were we talking about? And so I, uh, I did well, one thing about the space, the content part of it. I mean, it, one mistake, you know, one guy's mistake is another guy's success, right? You right. Know, it's the old Paul Simon line. One man's ceilings, another man's floor kind of a thing, <laughs> but the technical stuff, I mean, some of that stuff, we just, we've, we've just got to get it right, yeah. you know, or like, the RSS feed thing. It's not necessarily mistakes, but peeves. Yeah. And they're pet peeves. I think it's, um, I think it's garage band in some cases will let you export an MP3, but it's like 320 kilobits per second, which is like more than double. And so you'll have people that will get a small hosting plan and they'll upload one file and then they'll go to upload number two. And they're like, there's no way I can be out of room. I've only uploaded one file. And again, they're not, they're not stupid. They just don't realize nobody's has schooled them in the world that, Hey, if you bring down that bit rate to 128 stereo or even 64 mono, you know, that could take up like one fourth of the space you're using right now. And so those are things I think they're just learning curves that you just, you know, right. if you're just jumping in and pressing record, uh, it's really easy to, uh, to do. So, and that's, you know, you just say, well, it's, it's an Apple product. I'm just going to go export and take the defaults. And when I do, and so I understand why people do it. Uh, but that's one. Are, that, are there things that seasoned people, you know, I mean, those of us that have been doing it for a long time, you know, because we got workflows. I mean, my workflow my workflow hasn't changed in a decade or more. You know, it doesn't mean I'm doing it right, but, you know, the things that maybe I started doing that were okay, you know, stereo, for instance, I don't, everything I do is going to be left and right channel. And I know, I know that I, now it's going to be 128. Right. So I've got that knowledge, but I know that I could, I could dumb it down to mono I just don't care. But that, see, that wouldn't make sense for your show because you've got music in your show. Correct. And so that's where, and, and the thing, cause I, I flip and flop on this all the time because I used to always do 64 mono, which for the most part, my show is, is just me talking, but on occasion I'll throw in uh kind of theater of the mind stuff of sound effects and different spectrums and things like that. And I know there are people out there. I mean, if we look at Elsie Escobar, she's in North Carolina and one would think, well, she's in, she's in America and all Americans have internet. Not if you're in the middle of the mountains, you don't. And so I realized that in some cases having a file that's twice as big is going to inhibit that person from learning about the school of podcasting to which I then say, well, let's look at my target audience, my target audience that wants to create a podcast 
if you don't have good internet, you're not my target audience because you need a decent yeah. internet connection to upload your files. And so that's where I, I don't, yeah, it's not that I don't, service. yeah. So it's not that I don't care about the person who has bad bandwidth. Um, but I also kind of just realistically go, you're going to have a really hard time starting a podcast without internet access. And so you're not my target audience. So, and some people, it's harsh to say in a way, it's like, well, you know, but you're not. So in the same way that, you know, a 13 year old teenager is not my target audience. If I'm teaching you how to drive, it's too soon. So you just have to know who your audience is. And I'll, you know, there's, you walk down the street, there's a podcast consultant every 10 feet now. So I'm sure that person will (laughs) help you out. But for me, so I've been doing more stuff with stereo and then I, uh, I've been doing an experiment. I haven't checked in on it for a while where I have a streaming station, which depending on who you talk to, I don't know how many people are listening to internet radio anymore, which it actually is a stream where you click on it and you join in the middle, which is weird for a podcast where all of a sudden you just join and it's, you know, me and Jim talking about who knows what, and you have to figure it out. Right. Um, but that particular technology wanted a 128 stereo. So it used to be, I would export it twice stereo and then one for mono. And I was finally like, you know what? Now, what is that content? That's it's the same thing. It's a school of podcasting. Okay. It's, it's a little bit of everything I do. Okay. Um, and there's a player at uh, powerofpodcasting.com That's like, if you want to hear that, um, so now, where is that? Where do people, where would you even go to find that? It, it used to be in iTunes, the desktop version, which of course nobody's using anymore. They used to have a button for radio. Well, I do. In, I don't uh, count. In, well, see, there you go. You're, somebody has got to be part of that 20%. I do every day, but that's for my job right, right. in windows media player. You used to have, um, somewhere in the, you know, there's a thing for radio and there, there's tons of, uh, Oh Yeah stations that you can listen to and i used to love them because they were hyper niche it was like you know here's 80s metal and i'm like right bring on the motley crew let's go you know um and and blues stuff if you're trying to find blues on a standard radio station have good luck with that so this was kind of just you know and i was like "Eh, i think it's i don't know 11 bucks a month something like that i'm like you know what and i get like you know 30 50 listeners a month and i'm like all right that's worth 11 bucks you know who knows um i do have a coupon code and that's what I like about it. You can basically make these playlists. And so it's like every three episodes play this thing that says you're listening to the, you know, power of podcasting network. If you want to start a podcast, use the coupon code radio. And I've never, ever had somebody use the coupon code radio. So I'm at this point lighting $11 a month on fire lighting the first on the first one. Yeah. So where I have the coupon code listener for the school of podcasting that I do in my podcast. And I would say a good 80% of people that sign up use that. So that's where my podcasting is, is getting me the right audience, this streaming, whatever thing it is, not so much. No, it's probably its own animal. Yeah. Scott said he would give us a mistake. It's kind of like yours of having the dead air at the end. Usually QC my shows by spot checking. Uh, On one, I uploaded it and found out from a listener that there was about 15 seconds of dead air at the end, followed by me saying, okay, we got that one done. Yeah. Luckily, I don't swear on Mike ever. I learned from that. Going to TV news, you will get caught eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got that one done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that, and it, I swear it's like I almost always do that because it's it's such an easy mistake to make. And so what I've done in a couple of things, when I fire up most of my software, it's usually my intros on one track, my outros on another track, and then there's just a blank track for me to put me. And I usually have the outro somewhere out here where typically the show is going to end. And then, right. but the problem is if it's way out there, if I do a shorter show, it's not in my, my line of sight and I'll forget about it. And I'm like, Oh, I need to drag the outro over here, forgetting that it's, it's right. there. It's and there. So you'll have the, Eventually. yeah. So I've gone through most of my kind of templates and taken the outro out. So I have to manually bring it in just to avoid that. Cause you still using Hindenburg mostly. Mostly it's, it's funny because, um, you know, I used to, I, I don't dislike Adobe Audition. It just, I don't know that it really, it's funny because on all my shows that aren't podcasting related, um, I have to think about that one. Yeah, most of them. I switched to Hindenburg and I didn't have one person say, did you do something different to your sound? You know, not a, nobody even knows. Right. In fact, for a while I was just going directly into, I was using the, you know, AT2005. Yeah. And aside from a little EQ, 
and some compression that's built into Hindenburg. There was no big, you know, big bottom Aphex processing going yeah. on. Starts out, you're not even using it, are you? No, I am now. I actually, uh, right. yeah, I finally Good. figured out a way to, to work it in. Good. But, uh, yeah, if I turn that bad boy off, where's, uh, you know, if I do this, I get all weird. Yeah, see, there's, there's the, there's the, there's the real Dave. And then you turn it back the on. The real Dave. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. John says that Elsie has to drive into town to upload her files. Yeah. <laughs> That's how remote she is. Yeah. So. But. Uh, yeah, I don't have that problem. Yeah. I use Twisted Wave. I, I'm a Twisted Wave guy and have been for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I'm a Mac guy. Twisted Wave might be. I don't know. I don't know if it's for Windows now. But if you're out there and you're late two channel i mean it's just straightforward uh pretty heavy use with vo guys voiceover guys mm-hmm. because it you know you don't need a multiple you don't need a bunch of tracks and stuff and it's really simple really straightforward so how are you mixing in your music are you doing that live i'm doing it live everything's live oh, wow i'm the guy that doesn't uh, i'm gonna prepare on the front end mm-hmm. where you do the editing on the back end i, I didn't want to do that yeah so when i started doing this Umpteen years ago, it was like, okay, I, I want the broadcast workflow. Uh, you know, I want to be able to hit record and go. And okay, I mean, if there's some major guffaw, I'll edit that. But no, I'm using, you know, I'm using a soundboard, a sound cart software, yeah. and it's it's live to hard drive. What's uh, what's your sound card for that? Uh, right now, I'm using I've got I'm using Soundbite. Mm-hmm. Uh, B-Y-T-E uh, off of an iPad. I've got the other one, but it it's, I can't think of the name of it. I like the interface of the other one better, but it, it got wonky on me. iJingle? No. No. Well, I've got that one too. Oh, Boss Shock? No, I've got that one as well. <laughs> I've, got, I've got way too many of them. Yeah. Hang on, I'll tell you. It's a, it was a sound cart. Um, it was a sound cart software. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like about Soundbite was you had to, plug it into iTunes to yeah. put files on it where I, but, but I do that anyway. So it's no big deal. Right. So you're there. I keep all my, all my music is in iTunes anyway. Right. So why not? So yeah, it's, it's all live though. Wow. See, I, yeah, I don't, I'm, the only editing I'm doing is cutting off the beginning and the end and I'm letting it roll. Well, and the key to that is you already said it's planning up front. See, that's, yeah, that's the key. So, hey, I want to point out before we, because I looked down, I was like, holy cow, we're cruising through here. Uh, I want to thank my awesome supporters. And normally at the beginning of the month, I thank everybody. If you go to uh, askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And I discovered this morning that Patreon uh, redid their interface. And really, to a certain extent, it's weird. When I bring it up, I can see there's a, uh, it's called a Patreon manager i think is it's this new beta thing and it was cool because you can't like i even asked them this morning i go why is there no field for pay for your patrons that if they have a website they could put it in there now i realize not everybody you know but it would be great that i could then export that and make my own little list and uh so they have this other little patron manager it's in beta and it has an other field and what's weird about it is when you click on a patron, I could see in the other field, I could say, okay, so it's, you know, Alex from here's his website, so-and-so, and I could just click down and, and read it. And with the way it's set up now, when I click on one, it, it starts to put like an iframe. And when I click on the second one, it moves that over a little more. And by the third one, I'm literally reading somebody's website and it's almost vertical because it's it's squished the field so low. So I can't read So there's it. no CSV export or something oh, there like is, that? But the, the CSV export is from the, the non-beta got- ver- version, which gives me their name and what they pledged, but the information I need is their website. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I will just say thanks to all my patrons, and we will give you – I'll be doing that next week because I, I discovered this this morning about 10.15 and was like, oh, I'll just make a new spreadsheet. And I'm like, not in 15 minutes you're not. Because, again, just to get the information, I had to do the hokey pokey and turn myself around. And I was like, okay, that's not that is not going to work. Yeah, they know who they are for one week. It'll, it yeah. won't kill anybody. My, and here's another thing that I thought was funny is they go um, – because I, I go to the help section. Being a tech support guy, I go, let's go to yep. the help section. And it says, are you using the Patreon whatever it is manager? And I'm like, yes. And it's like, this is a beta thing. And uh, if you really have some feedback, we would love to hear it. Simply click here to go with the Patreon community. 
And I'm like, okay. And I go over there. It's, uh, I'll give you the full name of this thing. It is the relationship manager that they uh, messed up. So it says, go to the Patreon community, patreoncommunity.com. And I click there and it says, log in. And I'm like, well, that's weird because I'm already logged into Patreon. It's kind of weird that the two don't talk to each other. And it says, uh, so I went in, logged in with my Patreon stuff. I was like, no, you don't have an account here. You need to create an account. And uh, there's no create an account button. So if you're creating a community, you might want to make sure that there's a button to allow your community to actually join it so they can participate it, which I, I, I'm going to email them again later today and say, hey, couldn't help but notice. There's, there's no way to make an account right. to leave you feedback. Well, well, they did what you and Scott did. They hit publish and left some dead air at the end and didn't. <laughs> they didn't, <laughs> they go didn't actually go back and test it. Yeah, that, exactly. that is one of the things I've done on the podcast review show. If we go over to the contact page and somebody has a form, I will send a message. It's like, hey, this is Dave from the podcast review show. Please reply to this and let me know you got that. And I'm amazed at how many of those go into the abyss or yeah. nobody's checking that email that, you know, and then that's the same people go, we're not getting any engagement from our audience. I'm like, well, actually you are, you're just ignoring them. So yeah, that's kind of uh minor details. Yeah. So um, also uh, in terms of mistakes, uh, Kwesi said, uh, if you start a podcast, that's filled with hate speech. Yeah, that would be a mistake. I would think uh, you might have a very engaged audience depending on it, but uh, I don't know too many I know for a while, Todd and Rob and, and uh, all the media hosts were kind of looking around to see how many Nazis they had on their their media hosting companies. So we had to politely say, yeah, we don't really support <laughs> right. that kind of stuff. Um, so, Yeah, well, that's the day we're living in, unfortunately. It is. So if you guys... The lack of civility is killing us all. <sighs> Nobody wants to listen to anybody. No, that's a good point. I was saying my favorite thing I think to hate right now without getting into extremism are sports shows. Uh, my favorite is Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. And I swear every week the producer comes in and goes, you're pro, you're con. Like they don't even yeah, care what they're right. like. You, you talk about how LeBron James is the biggest idiot in the world. And he's like, actually, I don't know. That's what you're getting. You, you hate LeBron and you love him now you right. guys. And they just yell at each other. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's so, turned into the World Wrestling Federation or something. Yeah. So um, the other thing we can talk about is uh, more fun news from the SoundCloud camp. Their CFO has left for TuneIn. So just when you think it can't, <laughs> I love that. I saw that in uh, Jared Easley put that in the podcast movement <laughs> Facebook group. And he said, the hits just keep coming. <laughs> so Yes, they do. And so, of course, that guy... One, I know the CEO got ousted right. their last time when they had to do yet another, like their last ditch loan. So I'll be interested to see, because now that you're assuming they're going to get a new CFO or that there's some sort of financial, that, that's the whole thing. That That's their problem. They're not making any money. Well, so, they're burning, burning, you know. Yeah. And Talk about your $11 a month yeah. streaming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're setting it on fire and just, yeah, yeah it's crazy. Well, my favorite. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I don't understand investors. I really don't. That's, I don't understand people that are throwing money at this. Like, yeah, let's keep that fire burning. I don't. Yeah, as we say here in oil country, it's a dry hole. Plug it and move on. <laughs> you're, you drill deeper. You're still not going to hit oil. Yeah, you're Just you're giving up in the wrong spot. Yeah. And then I didn't even know. I think I used this website once and went, "Oh, that's cool." Um, audio. Oh, geez. I could be, I could, audio, audio, S-E-A-R dot C-H. So it's audio search, but the last two are, are a dot C-H. Um, right. And if you missed it, well, you don't bother signing up. Uh, they're going out of business. And what's interesting is there are, there's a couple. What do they do? I've never heard of them. It is a, well, I don't know if you know this, Randy. There's a, uh, there's a discoverability problem in podcasting. If you didn't know this. And so yeah. this was a whole thing about how to find other podcasts. And they Hence had the name. Yeah. Recommended tastemakers. They were in Wired Magazine. Search the full text of thousands of podcasts. Uh, filter by network, category or topic. It was all based around this searchability problem 
yada, yada, yada. And one of the things that you could do over there, which was kind of cool, is you could make this little snippet of your show, kind of like an audiogram. That's like the new thing now. Audiograms are going to make it easy right. to, like, okay, if you say so. Like a teaser or something. Yeah. Um, well, they didn't charge for their service. And uh, Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, being, I, I know you help businesses, <laughs> but yeah. when, when you don't charge for your service, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, you got to charge for something. Yeah, and then there's a, I'll put this in the chat room, Another one that's, in my opinion, probably doomed is an app called Podly. Um, And you know what it's based on? It's going to solve the problem, if you guessed it, podcast findability, searchability. Discover, listen, and share podcasts with your friends on Podly, the fastest growing podcast social network. It's so fast growing that I've never heard of it. Connect with your friends to see which podcast they subscribe to. Get personalized suggestions based on the episodes you listen and like the most. Share your favorites, episodes, leave episode comments, and compete against your friends. Compete. Like to get points for, you know, see the podcast your friends. uh, See the most popular episodes for any podcast so you know where to start when you find a new podcast. Compete with your friends to see who listens to the most minutes. Okay, there we go. The leaderboard doesn't. I don't know what you win. Pride, the gamification, yeah. Factor. Uh, your podcast and listening history all sync to the cloud. Listen on one device and continue playing it from another. Um, choose how many episodes you want and the order you want them in from most recent. So there's really nothing new here. Um, I did see where Daniel pointed out that there was a bug in the Apple podcast app where it wouldn't go to the next episode, even it was was supposed to. They have since fixed that uh, or that's in a beta version. So it is coming. They still haven't fixed. There is a findability problem in the Apple podcast app. Like if you search, you're going to get four results. That's it. Four. Hope you like one of those four. Right. And I'm hoping we're all hoping that's not a bug or it is a bug and there it's not a feature. Um, but it's, I'll tell you what drove me crazy about the iTunes. One of the last updates is it threw some of my music that was in my library, not mm-hmm. not iTunes store, into the podcast section. Ooh. I can't get it. I can't get it out. I've got I've got a ton of albums, CDs that I ripped into iTunes that are now showing up in podcasts. I can't get them out. I'm like, this is yeah. so. Just yeah, here's like School of Podcasting, and if there's some album that started with an S. I'll be on either side of it, so that's convenient. Oh yeah, I was going to ask you, what, you, what do you use to to listen to your shows? Uh, that that I mean, I'll I'll go to yeah, I'll go to I'll go to iTunes, you yeah. know. But I'm but I'm going to do it on my phone. I mean, right. I'm going to do it on my iPhone. Uh, yeah, I don't. So know. I'm not doing it so much on the desktop. I was gonna but say, I use iTunes a lot because these stay on my head a lot when yeah. I'm here. But I listen to music. So there you go. What's uh, what kind of headphones you got? These these are these are the Sony the yeah. Sony five hundred sixes because that's I know best I'm, investment best investment I think I shot you an email you know the deep the deep ear cushions yeah oh that's it because I have mine are not super deep and mine are getting old they're actually uh, yeah if if they're the the it's starting to wear yeah I probably have dark spots on my ears and uh, if I leave these on, too. if I leave them on all day by the end of the day I'm like I need to get these off my head. I'm a I'm a I'm a headphone junkie. I, I I got rid of most of my really high end stuff. I've got some AKGs over here. You know, I've mm-hmm. got the I got all the usual suspects. But these are, yeah, these are pretty much. But yeah, these twenty dollars or whatever it is from B and H or wherever. Yeah. yeah, it's the way to go. Really comfortable, especially if you and if you want some isolation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. Of course, I got big ears, so I need something that'll fit over. <laughs> you and me both. Dumb, over my Dumbo ears, so there's that. I have pictures of me when I'm like five, and I had this crew cut, you know, kind of thing going on. And I'm pretty sure if the wind came along at the right yeah. direction, uh, right. I was off to the races. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, dude, yeah. our first hour is over, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, so, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, growgreat.com is the business. Uh, leaning toward wisdom.com is kind of the passion project. So, there you go. I love them both. Check them out. Uh, we are here every Saturday. Askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. He is. I'm not. Live. That's true. And uh, Jim will be back, I think, for the rest of the year now. He will be uh, 
he's done with his little side project, the best I know. Good. Um, so that'll be. Uh, and I got to say, y'all of 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 people that co-host mm-hmm. y'all's chemistry. It's it's a one. I think. Thank you. I I like it because he doesn't agree with everything I say. And, yeah. But yet we can have a dialogue. As you can a, be civil to each other. Yes, we can say, hmm. Well, why do you think that? Yeah. And actually, maybe come up with a new opinion if we're. I'm not afraid to actually admit that maybe I didn't right. know everything. Yeah, no, y'all are good together. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, he's a good guy, and he's much taller than he looks on the, on the screen. It turns out. So, <laughs> and who knew that a guy that runs all the time uh, isn't overweight? You know, he's actually a, a, a built guy, and I was like, well, that makes sense. You know, yeah. these things you don't. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, hang around. We're uh, oh yeah, I'm glad Emily brought that up. There will be no show next week because I'll be in at. Washington D.C. at Podfest. So, thank you, Emily. So your you know, presentation. On I'll the be big doing mistakes. my presentation on people's mistakes. So, uh, be talking about that, uh, which would be fun because I'm sure there'll be uh, there'll be more after that. I'll probably here's my list of my top twenty, and then somebody will come up with another ten. We well, could use this show. This show was bound to have a half a dozen in it. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate everybody chiming in, but uh, stick around for some post show. And uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. 